Good day, good day, Doc Spacers. You're listening to the Doc Space Startup School Podcast. Starting a medical practice in 2019 may seem like a dinosaur of an idea, but with the advancements of technology and the remote flexibility of care management, it's never been easier. Hi, I'm Dr. Mario Amaro. I'm a United States Navy veteran, a medical physician, and a health tech founder on a new mission to help clinicians rediscover their autonomy and bring back private medical practice. DocSpace Startup School is a virtual course that's built and designed to help clinicians navigate the medical practice formation process. In this podcast, we will interview some of the industry's leading experts in health law, design, marketing, finance, and tons of other exciting topics to help you better prepare to start and manage a successful medical practice. Welcome to the DocSpace crew. Hello, everybody. Our guest today is Ross Simmons. He is the founder at Foundation Marketing, a digital and content marketing company which focuses on direct-to-consumer and SaaS market space. Ross is a digital strategist, public speaker, and repeat startup entrepreneur based out of Toronto, Canada. Today at DocSpace Startup School, he will help us better understand how to build an online presence, reviewing best practices from online content, SEO strategies, to learning how to better market your medical practice. Hey everyone, welcome to DocSpace Startup School. We have a great lecture for you today. We're here with Ross Simmons, the founder at Foundation Marketing. Hey Ross, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, thanks so much for having me on, Mario. Really appreciate it. Um, As you mentioned, my name is Ross Simmons. I'm a digital marketing strategist uh, and entrepreneur. I run a handful of different companies, but my primary business is Foundation Marketing. We are a content marketing agency that works with ambitious brands to help them uh, generate leads through online, to uh, rank better in sites like Google, to generate traction through social media. And we've been doing this for quite some time. I personally have been in the digital marketing space um, before social media was called social media. Uh, I started a fantasy football blog when I was in university and that gave me a deep understanding of content marketing, SEO. And I used that to kind of pay for a significant amount of my tuition, which then translated into a career path that included working for organizations that um, have done things on a national and international scale. Today, foundation marketing services, everything from up and coming startups, some of the fastest growing companies um, in the world all the way up to Fortune 500 brands um, who have been legacy organizations. And we assist with content marketing, social media marketing, SEO, design, web development, et cetera. So um, I'm excited to chat with you today and share some of the insight that we've learned over the last few years around SEO, content marketing, marketing in general, uh, and hopefully give some physicians some insights that they can use in their practice to kind of tell their stories and spread them uh, widely and broadly. Excellent. Yeah, you actually uh, said a very good keyword, and it's telling a story. Right. Uh, you know, that's one thing that I feel that a lot of physicians, even you know, multiple clinicians in different specialties, have a hard time doing. And you know, to reconnect with patients, we you have to be able to tell that story, and then listen to the patient's story, and then tell that story. Right. You know, it's it's just like it just ever evolving story. So that, that really puts us into a category of content. Yeah. You know, um, what is considered good content? And, you know, we, when you're selling in a kind of service industry, a lot of people don't consider content because it's an action that we're providing, you know, to right. be able to make money to, to, for yeah. that transaction. 
And, and the thing is, is like, no, well, in a service industry, you're also building relationships. True. So since you are building the relationships, you have to be able to create good content. Good content. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so uh, one of the things that I really enjoy, you know, I definitely do follow you and I recommend everyone who's, who's going to be watching this lecture to, to follow you, you know, um, I'll follow you on Twitter. And, and what's your Twitter, Twitter handle by, by chance? At the coolest cool. At the coolest cool. It's a great one. You know, <laughs> so they can follow you and, and really start understanding the value in content, you know, and, and the value in, in the things that you, you're, you're, the message you're, you're providing, you know. And so the, there was a post that you had regarding the content of creating, starting off on one source and then turning it into multiple sources. Right. And so one of the things that, for example, a business model that a lot of doctors are interested in is called direct primary care. Right. And they compare direct primary care to Netflix. Right. You know, and this is something, in my opinion, I feel it is not a good approach. It's not a good um, content, you know, yeah. uh, per se, that really does show value in what a direct primary care doctor is able to deliver. Right. So I, I would like to talk a little bit and get your opinion um, on how we can compare something similar to the value of Netflix or how it compares to that and then create content to use it in multiple sources. Right. Yeah. So I think at the end of the day, your point around the storytelling and content all underlines the value that comes out of a service like Netflix. Like the value of Netflix is things like entertainment or education when you're watching a documentary. Uh, it's something that's engaging, that's going to captivate you. And when you're thinking about content, you as a brand or as a physician or as somebody who's running a practice have an opportunity to also create content that will capture your audience's attention. And if you create content that's engaging, that's educational, or that's even entertaining, that's going to connect with people on that relationship level that you are speaking to. And oftentimes we get caught up in this idea that, okay, I put a lot of time and energy in creating this one piece of content. Maybe you've created an asset that talks about five things that you should do before you, or five things that everyone needs to know about vaccines before they start their kid with vaccinations in 2020. Let's say that's a piece of content that a physician has written, they've published it and they think this is a great blog post. I put a lot of work into this. I need to drive value out of it. Oftentimes that's where a lot of people stop in terms of creating that piece of content. But what I oftentimes recommend is is that rather than just ending there, you need to take that piece of content and reuse it in different ways. You need to take that piece of content and share it on LinkedIn. You need to think about, okay, if you shared five different ways or reasons why vaccination is important or five different types of vaccines that you need to get before the age of 16, then maybe you're going to take those different paragraphs and you're going to turn them into a visual, or maybe you're going to turn them into a status update alone, or maybe you're going to create video content about those different things. And by simply creating more content off of this one asset that you developed in the first place, you're going to build a deeper and stronger relationship with your existing clientele, with your potential clientele, with people who you've served in the past and potentially in the future. And that's going to build a relationship that is going to give them that desire to stay connected to you long term. When we think about Netflix, the reason why we often have this subscription is just for entertainment, right? Like it's a different type of relationship than you have with a physician who's actually providing a valuable service that's going to make you better for years to come. It's more of a one-off type of thing with Netflix where you get the entertainment, you're consuming the content, and then it ends. 
with content, you have the opportunity to connect to people so they want to stay connected with you over and over again. But the only way to do that is to continuously be delivering valuable content because that's going to make them want to stay subscribed. That's going to make them want to stay connected to you. So if anything, I think the key takeaway for a lot of physicians needs to be understand that when you press publish on that piece of content for the first time, that's not the end of that relationship with your clientele. That is just the beginning. And you can go back to that same piece of content and continue to use it in a various variety of different ways, whether it's through a tweet, whether it's through a video, whether it's through an Instagram story, you name it. And you can use that asset to attract people to your content and to your story more and more frequently over the years to come. Kind of to go a little deeper on that. Yeah. What are some of the sources you recommend to see if the content that you're recreating, right? Because I know like in your blog post, you talked about, um, you know, snippets, you know, little kind of quick catch words or, you know, uh, maybe video messages or something that kind of, you know, those highlighting points in that blog post. How do you track to see if it's actually getting reached or if it's making the impact that you think, you know, matters? So one of the things that everyone should definitely have installed on their site is Google Analytics or some type of analytics tracking uh, service for their website. I think it's easy to get caught up in the idea of creating things and just hoping things work, but you do have to have your house in order from the beginning where you're tracking what's happening on your website. So your website should truly be what I consider kind of the starting point. Like the first thing that any physician needs to do before they start thinking about blogging, before they start thinking about social media, is you wanna have a website where you have your host in order. And your host in order means you have Google Analytics installed, you have taken the time to understand, okay, what phrases do we need to be writing about? What keywords do we need to have within our site? So we're ranking locally in our uh, search engine when somebody's typing in physician in Texas, physician in Orlando, you want to make sure that you're showing up. And the best way to do that is to have a website. Um, I always say if somebody Googles your name and you don't show up, you don't exist because at the end of the day, like that is what matters today. And you can only really get that if you have a website. And some people might be watching this and they're like, I don't have a website, but I'm on RateMD. And that's great. But here's the difference. You do not own RateMD. Within seconds, RateMD, those sites can quickly make it so you cannot reach your audience that you once did. And you have to start playing a pay-to-play game or you're getting negative reviews. You don't own that story. The story is owned by them. It's owned by the people who are leaving those reviews. But if you have your own website or if you have your own platform that you're running this off of and you control that space, you can tell the message that you want, you can convey stories that you want, you can embed the reviews that you want, et cetera, and you can tell a message and convey a story that you know is more likely to resonate with your audience. I think oftentimes we get caught up in this trap of, I'm good, I'm on RateMD, that's all I need. People see the great reviews, sure. But you never know when RateMD is going to say, you have to pay if you wanna rank higher in your city, in your region than the competitors. That's not a situation that anybody should want to be in. So the way that you can future-proof yourself is to have a platform that you own, somewhere that you are owning the message, owning the story, and that you can tell your story the way that you want to, uh, and you're not competing with hundreds of other people. Yeah, that, that is really good information, and I 100% agree with the website. You know, we right. know basically what you're able to own on the internet, and the website is basically one of the two, the two things, you know? Yeah. So... Um, kind of going to what you mentioned, you mentioned something and it was regarding ratings. 
you know, I know that, you know, you, you do kind of focus a little bit on the SaaS, which is software as a service kind of areas, right? For, for businesses. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, in, in the SaaS world, there's called MPS scores, or we do other type of devices that, you know, there's websites that we use to kind of get ratings, you know, um, adding those to your websites, let's say from a SaaS perspective, right? Because it's all about customer service, right? How does that impact the reach or impact, you know, people actually converting, yeah. you know, make, becoming a paid customer? Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, it is huge. Like reviews are a massive draw, regardless of the industry. Like it doesn't matter if you're selling coffee, if you're selling um, physician services, like physio services, if you're a dentist, if you're a lawyer, reviews, software, like it doesn't matter. Reviews are without question one of the most valuable things today when it comes to um, driving trust and demonstrating trust. Because the same way that if you're going on a vacation to a place that you've never been, you're going to rely on TripAdvisor to help you pick where you're going to stay. You're going to rely on sites like Yelp to figure out where you're going to eat. You're going to rely on the source community to better understand whether or not this is something that you should do. And people are relying on reviews to make decisions around their physicians, around their surgeons, et cetera. And we, as, as the people who are telling our stories, need to embrace that data and embrace that communication model with our, within our website, even, even across social media. So on Facebook, you can get reviews. I strongly encourage you to encourage your patients, the people who are walking through your door, to leave you positive reviews on Facebook. If you need to do a draw at the end of every month to encourage those reviews, do that as well because reviews are gold, especially when uh, you are looking at it from a local standpoint because Google today uh, relies on Google reviews significantly to determine whether or not a certain entity should show up in search based off of the reviews. So if you are a practice and you have a lot of negative bad reviews on Google, you're not going to rank as high as your competitor who has 10 or 20 five-star reviews and not even one negative review. So you want to make sure that you are embracing those reviews. The other thing that you also want to consider is if somebody walked into your practice and they were like, I have an issue. I have had a very bad experience with one of your doctors, with one of your nurses, with one of your admin people. You're not going to shut the door on that person and tell them to get out of your your office. That's not going to happen. You're going to have a conversation with them. You're going to say, I'm sorry to hear that. Is there anything that we can do? You're going to have a dialogue. The same thing needs to happen online. If somebody leaves you a negative review, you don't just leave it there and let people guess what happened to this person. You respond to them and you show a little bit of empathy. You ask them questions. You show them that you will try to make this better in the future, et cetera, et cetera. Because the difference between somebody walking into your door and having a negative conversation and you responding to them well versus somebody doing it online is the fact that when somebody does it in your lobby, there's no one else there. But when they do it online, it's the world can see it. The masses can see it. Anybody who finds your brand can see it. So your response is just as important as those positive reviews on that one negative review than somebody who's showing up at your front door with a complaint. So I strongly encourage people to actually respond to those negative reviews as well. Great, great. And so um, before we get into a little bit of the things that you mentioned regarding like SEO and ranking yeah. on Google, the search list, um, 
a lot of clinicians and physicians, they do not have control of these rating uh, platforms. There's a lot of them, right? There's a lot of uh, systems out there that, you know, allow patients to write reviews anonymously. And, you know, um, sometimes it's, it's actually, um, there is HIPAA rules, you know, that kind of control what things you can say to uh, respond uh, to a patient. So it's a little bit different from a regular consumer market. It's not like you got a bad burrito and you're going to write about, Hey, you know, this is what you ordered. <laughs> Come back next time. I'll give yeah. you a free, you know, like yeah. there, there are rules that protect the uh, privacy, you know, for patients. Right. And so it does add limitations, but it, what you mentioned earlier was controlling that in an environment that you own, which is your website. Yeah. And that's huge. That's something right. a lot of doctors do not do, you know, right. that a lot of, tech companies do right yeah. and so it's kind of you you and, and to eliminate the the friction the hassle the, the the phi all these different things put it on your website you control right. it yeah. <laughs> you know it's kind of like uh, uh, easy let's switch it let's switch and yeah. so you know it takes the, the the thunder out of a lot of those businesses that make money off of those reviews you know and, right. and so at least they're going to get to the straight to the source and if you're, you know, um, but, but yeah, but, you know, not to go too much into it, but, you know. I know you're um, right. It's spot, it's spot on. Yeah. Yeah. But, you, you know, um, going down into like the SEO thing, that the search list, the ranking, I, I'm pretty sure a lot of doctors didn't even realize that a negative review is going to impact your ranking. That's yeah. huge. Yeah, it's, it's huge, right? Like, I mean, it's, um, there's a, so the thing about SEO that is oftentimes misunderstood is that. It's, a very, it's no longer the way it was in early 2000s. Like SEO has become extremely more sophisticated using algorithms, using natural language processing, using AI, using schema. Like there's a very complex backend now that is driving search. It's not just one or two things that determine whether or not you rank at the top of Google. There's links, there's uh, the value of those links. It's how long people stay on your site. It's how fast your website is. It's uh, whether or not other sites are mentioning you. It's whether or not you're listed on a bunch of other sites already with positive reviews and those reviews are linked back to your site. There is so many different factors that go into it now that it is definitely more complex and more challenging than ever before. But I always say, if you start at the fundamentals of good business and you embrace those things, you will do well on SEO. And what I mean by that is, if you understand the fundamentals that we talked about earlier around creating content that answers the problems that your customers, your clients, uh, your patients would have, and you have content on your site that does that, that's going to go extremely far. Because for the most part, your competition probably isn't doing it today. And if your competition isn't doing it and you're one of the first in your region, location to do it, you're going to outrank everybody else who's not doing it. Um, the other fundamentals are provide great service. You want to provide great service because that's going to result in more positive reviews. If you get more positive reviews, that's going to have a positive impact on your ability to rank in SEO. You also want to consider things like, okay, what can we do in our community and our, our kind of area around us to make sure that we're getting links from local universities? Like maybe you do an internship or you have a scholarship or maybe you sponsor a, a local baseball team, whatever that may be. As long as you're doing those real business things, if those things are happening and those sites are talking about you, that will also have a benefit to SEO. So that is at its core, like the, the bare minimum that you should be thinking about. You want to have your location listed on your website. 
you want to talk about your region, you want to talk about your city, et cetera, where you're based, all of those things are important. And then of course, what oftentimes gets missed, which is a very simple win, is just setting up a Google My Business listing. So Google My Business is a section within Google where you can set up a listing, drop a pin on the map where you own your Google Map page, you can add description, you can add your hours, you can add an about us section, you can upload images from your practice, et cetera. All of those things can live in Google My Business and just by having that alone, it will help with your rankings. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, that, that's really interesting. And I've, I've had a lot of discussions with people regarding that. Since you're having businesses move online, right. that's changing, you know, because n- no longer is that physical location, right. right? So the Google My Business yeah. is very important if you do own a brick and mortar, but if you sure. don't, yeah, there, you know, it kind of changes a lot of that. And so, it does. Uh, yeah. And that's kind of one of the cool things about Google My Business. You don't necessarily need to have a physical location to be listed or rank, right? Like that's the coolest thing about the internet today is you don't really need a physical business to do well in business. You can essentially provide services through technology today. Um, And if you are understanding SEO and you understand the importance of kind of just making sure that you show up and the story that you're telling connects with people, there's a massive opportunity on that alone. Yeah. You know, uh, a lot of physicians I speak with, when they hear or we discuss SEO, yeah, they, they, they unfortunately look at it as, as long as I do it, yeah. I'm good. They right. don't understand that this is an ever evolving thing that you have to monitor right. continuously because yeah. it's going to change. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of tactics behind what some businesses will SEO on top of your SEO, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it, you, you have to be on top of is mm-hmm. are, are people following my content? You know, right. are they ranking above me? Like, you know, and, and there's, so that's the thing that I see in this environment specifically for medical practices is that yeah. you have a lot of these marketing companies that unfortunately do some type of, you know, uh, predatory practice a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. to kind of, use that word very vaguely, yep. but it's that they know that they don't, they're not as knowledgeable yep. and they, they hear SEO from somewhere else and they assume I have to check this box. Yeah. That box is going to get me patience. Right. And that's not true. It's you know? not true. No. Yeah. So can you touch a little bit on why keywords don't matter anymore? You know, right. the metadata that's yeah. important, you know, those, those yeah. different things. Yeah, I think there's like, at the end of the day, we can get caught up in this idea of let's just stuff our landing pages with keywords. Let's say the word doctor over and over again, and hopefully we rank. It doesn't work that way anymore. Like Google's so much smarter now that they are, like I said, looking at tons of different factors. And very rarely will you be able to trick Google simply by stuffing keywords into a landing page. The best tactic that you can embrace when it comes to SEO today is doing good work. If you can create great content, if you can ensure that your website is fast, if you're doing great things in the community, if people see you as an authority and they're linking to your content, et cetera, that is going to pay the best dividends long-term for SEO because the algorithm changes every three months. And if you are stuffing your keywords, the worst thing that could happen is you could get blacklisted by Google and then you have no chance of ever ranking in Google again. So what I recommend people to do is to think about for the last like year, what questions 
did patients ask you that you're able to write about, that you can create content about within like the HIPAA guidelines, et cetera, that you can create content about on your website. Um, maybe you take inspiration from a site like Mayo Clinic and you gain insight around what articles did they develop and you start to create those assets and create those landing pages and blog posts. And once you've done that, you don't always think about, okay, what keyword can I say the most? You're thinking about, will this add value to the people I'm trying to reach? And then once you do that, if you can ensure that you're adding value to those people, it's going to be a surefire win for you because you're going to create something that's valuable. They're going to land down that content. They're going to build a relationship with you and they're more likely to actually reach out to you for a service or some type of um, issue that they're having to get that uh, diagnosis or to have that conversation with you. So it's definitely at a point now where um, the meta descriptions and the idea of keyword stuffing and all that stuff, like commenting on blogs and trying to get links from people, hiring people who will promise you, I can get you a hundred links from a hundred different sites in 10 days. None of those things work anymore. And it's because Google is sophisticated. Google is not a rinky dinky startup like they used to be, right? Like they're smart. They're a multi-billion dollar company for a reason. They have some of the most brilliant minds working on algorithms, working on AI, machine learning, scraping the entire internet to understand what is valuable. How can we ensure that the people who are going to Google asking questions about what they should do for their kids are landing on sites that are actually trustworthy, relevant authorities, and not just trying to spam the internet. And if you are in that bucket where you aren't trustworthy, where you are spamming with keywords, you have, you're playing a short game for uh, an opportunity that is going to dwindle extremely quickly and is not going to give you a sustainable advantage at all long-term. You keep on nailing, you know, the nail on the head here. <laughs> bang and bang. Because, you know, this is, this is kind of the value prop that a lot of these, you know, website agencies, marketing agencies that exist in the medical world yeah. that are telling, you know, doctors, dentists, you know, other clinicians, oh, just, we have the best SEO strategy. No, not really. You no. know, like, come on. You know, there's a lot of things that you can do to maintain it yourself right. that simple. Yeah. And, and, and there's, a, there's a huge difference that I think that um, separates SEO from a physician, from a consumer, a large business. Yeah. And that's the reach. Right. What reach are you trying to accomplish? Yeah. You know, for a doctor, your reach is not... You know, if you're in Texas, you're not trying to reach somebody in California. No. You know, you're trying to reach people in Texas, in your hometown, your city, wherever you're located in that That's area. Yeah. So yeah. you need to target that area. Like 100%. Anything outside, I don't care how good your, your metadata is. It doesn't matter. Right. So can you talk a little bit about like best approaches, best practices for that? Yeah. So Google, so when it comes to local search and making sure that you're targeting local phrases, like the biggest piece that I would recommend is to honestly talk about your location, talk about your city, talk about um, things that people should know in Denver, things people should know in Texas, things people should know in Canada about XYZ, whatever it may be, right? Like it doesn't matter. Just by talking about where you are, it's going to give you an advantage. And when you think about your homepage, um, like we were talking about, you don't want to just stuff it with every district. And I've even seen physicians, uh, clinicians even, take every single um, zip code in their area and just copy and paste them to their website. That doesn't work, folks. Like it doesn't work. You need to just create content that is saying, we're serving the entire LA region let's say. 
By saying that, Google's going to scan it. They're going to see LA region. Then they're going to say, okay, this person serves this area. We're going to understand that a little bit. Then they check out your Google places, see that you have it set up, that you serve the LA region. If they then check out your Facebook and it says that you serve the LA region, and then they check out some of your blog posts and it's like five things that every person, every mom in LA needs to know um, before they get pregnant, whatever that may be. That's valuable content. The fact that you've localized the content on its own has a double benefit. One, it's great from an SEO standpoint. Two, it makes it feel personalized for your customer, for your clients, for the people you're trying to reach. So they're more likely to share it on social media because if they've read another article that said things that every mom should do before getting pregnant, they're going to think, okay, that's cool. I might click it. But if they're in LA and they see things every mom in LA should know before they get pregnant, that's a whole different level of context and a whole different level of personalization. So it's going to connect with them more. So they're more likely to click it. They're also more likely to share it. A spouse might be more likely to share it with the person. A parent might be more likely to share it with that person. And all that does for you is gets more eyeballs on your content, which means more people who you have the opportunity to build a stronger relationship with. Wow. Wow. No, yeah, I, I didn't even think about using those keywords in right. that way. Yeah. Right. Right. And stuff that you own. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, you that's the key. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so I've always, you know, people think, oh, keywords, it needs to be searchable because those are what people are going to search for. It's like, right. well, if, if it's not in your content and anything that you own, yeah. how are you going to know what to search for? And how, do you, how is Google going to know what to, to crawl? Like, you know, exactly. like, so, yeah, yeah. It, it definitely makes a lot of sense. And, and, and well, Ross, I really appreciate it. Like this has been a, I, I actually learned a lot, you know, awesome. here. So, um, and I hope everyone in Doxway Startup School is able to learn and, you know, and, and really kind of soak up this information to see right. how they're able to apply it to their practice. For you sure. know? And so if, if, can you reintroduce yourself? Tell us, you know, how they can get in, in contact with you if they want to, you know, get you on the phone, consult with right. you, you know, pick your brain a little bit and, and you know, hire you for your services. Yeah, well, first and foremost, thank you for having me on. I really hope uh, the entire DocSpace community gets a lot of value out of this. I hope that uh, folks can take this and start embracing best practices for social media and for content and SEO rather than kind of embracing things that um, aren't going to serve them long-term. So I really hope uh, that this resonates with folks. Um, if folks do want to reach out, um, I'm very easy to find, as we talked about earlier, at The Coolest Cool on Twitter. Um, I also have a website, rosssimmons.com. Uh, click the Contact Us button. Feel free to reach out to directly through there. I also have a book all dedicated to content marketing and communications for entrepreneurs. And I think it could also resonate with a lot of physicians and clinicians as well. They can go to standoutguide.com to check that out. Um, and if anybody ever has a question, I'm very easy to reach. Uh, I do clarity calls, which are a paid way of kind of doing consulting calls and would be more than happy to uh, jump on a video hangout and discuss anything that's going on in their world. So uh, Mario, thanks again for having me on. Really hope your audience and community gets a lot of value out of this and uh, I'll be seeing you soon. Thank you for listening to the DocSpace Startup School podcast. Please check us out at startupschool.mydocspace.com for more video lectures and product demos. And don't forget to join the DocSpace Startup School Community Slack channel to engage with other clinicians going through their journey of starting a medical practice.